daf kaf ches amid aleph mood and attractiveness in marriage yef shab isham nuvelet there is so much to talk about on this amud on this daf that one of the challenges in preparing it was what not to speak about uh, because there's so, there's so much in it that is so that is so relevant um, and in fact in fact I had two matmonim prepared uh, when I went to sleep last night in my mind I had two matmonim prepared when I woke up this morning to work on them I kind of automatically worked on the one and when I'd finished this one which we're going to learn I thought to myself what a pity that I didn't do the other one as well and it's because they're they're both fascinating but let's see what we have let's learn through the Mishnah first and <laughs> but before that we need to know the the Gemara and the Dorim Daf Ayin Tet. There wasn't a Matmonim on that particular Daf. Um, based on the Psukim in Parshat Matot, Kol Neder Vechulshvu Atisar Laanot Nefesh Isha Yekimenu VIsha Yeferenu. Any Neder which is Laanot Nefesh, which afflicts the soul, a husband can undo it. A husband can, can can confirm it, and a husband can undo it. And a few Psukim further. Here we have the words Bein Ishli Ishto, implying that this parasha applies to those types of nedarim that affect the relationship between a man and a woman. From there, the Gemara learns on the Dorim Defiant Tess that a husband can be Mayfair, he can undo nedarim of his wife in one of two conditions. Either they are uh, torturers for her, they cause her suffering, or they damage their relationship. Uh, she can't make an edit that causes herself too much suffering or that damages their relationship without the husband's uh, affirmation, so to say. So here we have an interesting Mishnah on Daf Kavches. She has to bring three uh, korbanot at the end of Nazirut. She made herself a Nazira. And then she's got to bring three korbanot. The, um, the one is a chatat, the one is an ola, and the one is a shlamim. So she was bringing her three korbanot. They've been shechted, or at least one of them has been shechted. It's been slaughtered, but the blood has not yet been sprinkled on the mizbeach. From that time onwards, from the shechita, according to most tanaim, excepting for Abeliezer, the din is that she can already drink wine and she doesn't have to worry about tumor. Um, she, she can't yet shave her hair. She, she's, she's, she doesn't yet shave her hair, but she can already drink wine. So from the time of the shechita, he can no longer, he doesn't any longer have the right to be mefer. Explains Tosfot a little bit further down on the page, on the source sheet. She's finished her nazirut and everything was fine. She brings her three animals. And blood is sprinkled on the altar of one of these. Anyone. From the time the blood is sprinkled, so the shechita has taken place and the blood has been sprinkled, from that time, what would it help? And doing her neder, she's already kept 30 days of the zirut, and she's, and she's even brought the korbanot. What would it help him to be mefer? 
she won't have to shave her hair off. Uh, she won't have to bring the, uh, the other korbanot. Why not? There's no further inui nefesh, there's no further personal affliction. Why? Because now she's allowed to drink wine already. So just pause there for a moment. So what is the inui nefesh, according to Tosfot? That she can't drink wine. If your wife doesn't drink wine, that could be an inu nefesh. What, what is that about? Well, maybe it's because she's still got to shave her hair off and he doesn't like a, a bareheaded woman. This seems to be a real proof against those who hold that a woman not only has to cover her hair, but has to shave her hair off. We see here that it's clearly not so. On the contrary, there's a having to say if she shaves her hair off, maybe that would be in the message. She doesn't, he, he despises her. He says, I, that's, that's something that is most, it's disgusting for me, a shaven-haired woman. Uh, no, there's a way out she could wear a shaitel. This is one of the first places that there's, that there's reference to the covering of hair with a shaitel. She can wear a wig. And uh, so that's so that she can get around that, but not drinking wine. That's a meal. That could be something that is that is manuval for him. That is not, that is not okay. Explains Rashi further down at the bottom. Based on a posuk in Zechariah, v'tirosh yonovev betulot. Wine um, freshens up a, a young girl. Uh, it's, it, it, it uplifts her mood. And therefore, even though the, um, there's been Zrikat Hadam, he can be, he can be Mefer. I, I want to go a little bit further in the toast, because unfortunately we can only touch on one, one little thing here. Um, look at the last part of the toast for but if the dam has not yet been, the blood has not yet been sprinkled, so the shechita has taken place, the kohen has shechted the first korban, he hasn't yet sprinkled the blood. At that point, adain the asura beyain, at that point she can't drink wine, mikri shapir inu nefesh afagav shaita purta. So just think of the timing here. This is the, the last day of Indizirut, the day after Indizirut. She brings a korban. She can't drink wine at this point. The korban is shechted. She still can't drink wine. But in five minutes, the kohen is going to throw the blood on the mizbeach. From that time, she can drink wine. So for the next five minutes, she can't drink wine. He can be mefer. He can undo the wine. He can undo the neder. Why? Because she can't drink wine. Why is that so important? And just for a moment. So there are just two, two points that we have time to, to notice here. The one is... That mood affects attractiveness. When we talk about a woman being attractive to her husband, you're not just talking about her looks. Uh, and you're not just talking about her sense of fashion and her makeup and, and all of the things that make a woman attractive. We're also talking about mood because as Rashi brings from Zechariah, wine is a legitimate mood enhancer. So it's interesting that Rashi doesn't bring that pasuk. He brings v'tirosh yonovev betulot because maybe yain yisamach lavavenosh. Maybe that's for men. Maybe women don't need wine for that. But from Zechariah, you see, no. Even wine has a way of creating a lightness of mood, a, a, a freshness of mood 
in a, in a in a woman that a man finds attractive. So that's the first thing to understand that it's, that attraction is not when a man says she's unattractive to me. She's manuvelet. Why is she unattractive? Because she can't have a glass of wine with me. And why is that so serious? Because that that affects her mood. She doesn't have that that method of upliftment in the cases when she does feel down. Wine is a way to to, to uplift and to feel lighter. The second thing that's important is we're talking about five minutes. We're talking about a few moments of it. So bear in mind, she hasn't drunk wine for a month. So it's possible she's already feeling a little bit deprived and she's already done it. And she wants to extend that for another five minutes. The husband says, no, that's not a good, not a good idea for our relationship. What do you mean? You'll have a glass of wine in 10 minutes time. What's the problem? So you see something else that's fascinating here. When a person is unattractive, when a person is, um, it's more than unattractive, a kind of disgusting, even for a moment, the effect is lasting. If it was really just those five minutes, this would not be the halacha. The Gemara would say, you know what, so, so, so wait five minutes and then you can't be mefer than Yedir for that. As we see from Rabbi Akiva's view, there are ma- major problems with being mefer than Yedir. For example, if it's the Korban Chatat, that, that she's brought her Korban Chatat, she set it aside, now he's mefer than Yedir. We've learned already, what happens to that Korban Chatat? Not a, nice, not a nice business, you've got to lock it up until it dies, not a pleasant business. So we don't want to do that with Kodshim. So there's, there's, there's reason not to be Mayfair. So it's a big concession to say he's allowed to be Mayfair. Even just for that five minutes. It's not just for the five minutes. Because once you've had a disgusting interaction with someone or something, that taste remains for a long time, maybe forever. You know, when you taste something and it's, and it's disgusting for whatever reason, you don't try it a second time. It leaves you, you associate that disgust with the, uh, with the object that you've tasted. That's what, that's what tends to happen. And so it is with a person. If you have a, if you have a moment of, of disgust, that, that can last forever. And we're talking about a relationship between a husband and wife where there's certain halachot and he can intervene to avoid such a thing. And we see what, what, we, what are we talking about disgusting? Does she do anything disgusting? No, she's just in a bad mood. She's just in, an un, in a mood that's, that's, that's depressive and she can't do anything about it. That pushes him away. That creates the distance. And that distance can be lasting. We've got to learn from that. It's not only between a husband and wife. In the way we present ourselves to people altogether, the fact that for us it's a passing moment. We may be doing something disgusting. You, you're sitting in a, uh, at the bus stop and you're chewing gum and you spit the gum out and you know, Nobody will see me, or if they do, it's just a moment. No, if somebody sees you, that marks you as disgusting forever. It stays with you. You you dress in a disgusting way. You act in a disgusting way. You say something that's disgusting. These things remain. And, And what do we see? It's even about mood. You think, okay, so I'm in a bad mood at the moment. I'll get over it. You'll get over it, but the other person won't. They will always remember you that way. They will always associate that... That grumpiness, so you're in a grumpy mood, so what, I'm in a grumpy mood today, I'll get over it. You'll get over it, but the people around you might not. They might always associate that with you. And so we have to be careful about the way we 
present ourselves, the way we project ourselves, the way we engage with people and interact with people. Because if chas v'sholem, there's something in that reaction which makes us unappealing and, and chas v'sholem, even worse, disgusting to another person, that doesn't pass with time necessarily. That association of disgust can remain with a person forever. And we need to understand our responsibility, both in terms of Kiddush Hashem and to our own COVID abrius, to our own human dignity, to behave in such ways that chas v'sholem don't cause anything disgusting to be experienced. Thank you.